Let's do the fucking thing. Welcome to Alvarado on Action. I'm Alex, producer Scott. Hi, producer Scott. How are you doing today? All right. How are you doing? Oh, crap. I didn't do your intro, did I? Oh, now I'm doing great. Thanks. That's, yeah, that's there we better. go. <laughs> oh, God. Sons in four. Uh, this is the podcast that's about Mac football and not Mac football. Uh, we have four things on a couple more non-conference teams to go over today to, you know, continue previewing other teams that we're going to see in non-conference play. Uh, last time we did a four things, we talked about I don't even remember what those two teams were. I have them like, as soon as we like hit end record, I just have them out of my mind. What were the two teams we talked about? Oh, wait, Northwestern and Iowa and Iowa. Yes. I knew they were like, I was staying in the big 10 a little bit. Yes. We're going to stay in the big 10 still. And then we're going to have another team that isn't in the big 10, but it's still a team that's got one of the widest, uh, nationally appealing teams in America for a lot of, weird reasons but a lot of i don't know a lot of reasons i guess we got army we got minnesota scott when you were doing your four things for these you know what which team was ended up being a little bit more fun for you to kind of read over oh i just i don't know i always love the service academies the most <laughs> so no matter what they're gonna trump any other team i ever do so army was way more fun for me. and the fact that army has like its head coach coming back not to like play oh, yeah. too much into the conversation we're about oh. to have but That's like, one of my four things, Alex. But it it does add like you know, you know, like we like we already know more about it. If like yes. you were talking about a team that was going through a coaching change, it'd be a lot more of you like, I don't know really what to expect. But mm-hmm. we have a lot of years with a guy who runs a very specific system for his triple option, uh, and I feel like that's, you know, you you know what to expect out of a triple option team, but it's cool when like it's a team that has like triple option and a lot of success success running it too mm-hmm. for sure before we get into all that make sure you head over to patreon.com slash alvarado on maction uh throw us three bucks a month to help keep the show going and growing you can have uh some other unlocked posts in there well locked if you're not subscribed but you'll unlock some podcast notes and i have uh, you know, some other stuff coming up around the corner. So uh, don't really want to get into that too much. Let's just dive right into the uh, the four things on Army and on Minnesota. Scott, which team do you want to start with first? Well, I have Minnesota first and then Army, but you did Army and then Minnesota. So I'm really stuck with what we should do first because I went in the wrong order of what you want. It doesn't really matter. Well, let's do Minnesota because I have that first. First of the four things, uh, we got Mike Sanford, who's the Minnesota offensive coordinator. I think he's going to be key to the 2021 season for them. He was his first year as offensive coordinator for Minnesota in 2020. They kind of took a step back from where they were in 2019. Uh, their old offensive coordinator went to Penn State. So they were like pretty much like top of everything. Like it was. Um, What's his face? What's the head coach's name now? I don't know PJ? why I'm blinking. What? Are you talking about the current head coach, PJ? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, PJ Fleck. So Fleck's like system is like more of like his and like his offensive coordinators kind of running. So it's like big, big RPO that they run nonstop. Like they almost run RPO every single play. Like that's how consistent they are with it. So it's either like a pre-snap RPO or a post-snap RPO. Like they're big on it. Northwestern hates them, obviously, because of communism. That's what we don't like. So I want to see like what Sanford can do this year. I mean, it's his second year. I want to see they're bringing back a lot of players. So he's going to be a big key for Minnesota. RPO is communism. It, it absolutely is. It's fun, but it's just the yardage rule for offensive linemen. And I feel like the RPO has kind of helped them, uh, and this will kind of bridge into one of your next points, uh, but it kind of has helped them bring in, like, younger guys and have, you know, have them see themselves move the ball a little bit easier, right? Like, in the RPO era, like, at a younger age with especially, like, the important positions, like like quarterback, we'll say. Uh, But, like, you got some other positions filled throughout where, you know, they have success in that offense. And, and like, you know, P.J. Fleck, no stranger in the MAC, won the title in 2016, built up a good culture at Western Michigan, a, a successful team with high-powered offense, too. I saw ESPN the other day, uh, Bill Connolly, he put out a list of, like, the 50 best wide receivers over the past 50 years. And the two former MAC guys to make the list, number one, obviously, Randy Moss and – Number thirty-four or some something like that, Corey Davis. He landed on there. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not the best NFL receiver right now, but in college, he's actually a pretty yeah. good NFL receiver. But even in college, he had like three seasons of fourteen hundred yards worth of production. Like that is absolutely insane. Like he was super consistent, super productive. Uh, Last year, you saw this Minnesota offense graduate Rashad Bateman. Right. He, like, opted out midway through the season, too. So, mm-hmm. kind of contributed a little bit to their downfall. But they were bad at the start of the year. Anyway, He's a two-time opt-out. Because he opted Is out he before, really? Yeah, because he opted out before the year. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. Both, both things. All right, number two, Tanner Morgan. Uh so in 2019, he was uh, fourth in QBR. Like, there's guys like Trevor Lawrence that was below him in QBR. So he was like way up there. Like Minnesota's offense was like hitting every cylinder. Like they were doing phenomenal. And then in 2020, he completely like free fell. Depends on who you look at, but generally like into the hundreds in QBR. So one of the worst quarterbacks in college. Super surprising. Like that he fell that far, and that could be, like, maybe Sanford, the new offensive coordinator, like, maybe that, like, had a little bit of, I don't know, turbulence or whatever, like, them not meshing well. Maybe he fell off. Like, who knows? But 2021, they got a lot coming back, so I think maybe Tanner Morgan can kind of make a gel again like he did uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's just the same thing we'll say with pretty much any – younger quarterback that just gets older you know uh when they're older they should be better and when you're more experienced should also be better so yeah so it could be like one of those weird sophomore slump things you know the second year kind of 2020 2020 a lot you can you can chalk most of it (laughs) 
Like that conference as a whole was just nuts of Rooney. Oh yeah, because they started late. They had the strictest protocols out of everybody. Mm-hmm. So half the teams missed like two or more games. There was there was a lot going on that definitely messed with just even the rhythm of that's a big thing even in itself, like just having the rhythm of playing each game each week and going to practice like when you're all of a sudden missing ten guys from usual twenty deep on the offense or whatever, like you're you're struggling. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is kind of like a twofer. So offensive line, everybody's coming back, but you pointed out to me that one of the guards is actually the backup guard, even though he was starting last year. <laughs> per the Athlon uh, magazine, too deep, yeah. Uh, looking across the offensive line, it's returning its starting left tackle, returning left guard, returning center, and returning right tackle. All of them are returning starters, uh, but the backup left guard is also uh, Axel Rushmeyer, also a starter from 2020. Okay. So plenty of plenty of depth there. Yeah. So, like, just big news from Minnesota in return. Everybody on the offensive line, it's going to be really big for Mohamed Ibrahim. He's going to have probably another great season. Uh, you had the stats up, not showing up on mine for some reason. He had 15 touchdowns. Was this last year or two years ago? Uh, that looks like last year. Okay, yeah. Last year I had 15 touchdowns in a very shortened season, so I think the run game is going to be very strong for them. Hopefully, maybe they'll get Andrew Morgan going a little more. Maybe they can gel a little bit better. I don't know. I say hopefully because I it's more of a Mac podcast. No, I mean, it, it's a, <laughs> I mean, I mean you, can, you can root for whatever I, I do the hell you extent, want. Yeah. That's true. So I, I mean, seeing a good Minnesota running back is, I don't know, that's one more good running back out of Minnesota true, than what yes. we're used to. Yeah. So, yeah, I think offensive line running game is going to be a big thing for them. Uh, it's going to be tough for any Mac team to really handle them at all, I'd say. So, Hold on, i got to look something up very, very quickly because Ibrahim's stat line is incredibly, like, mm-hmm. really good. But I want to see how it compares really quickly. Okay, so Ibrahim had 201 touches, 201 attempts. 1,076 yards, 15 touchdowns. Jarrett Patterson across six games. Ibrahim only played in seven games. Well, Minnesota had seven games. I don't know how many times Ibrahim played. Probably seven. Uh, Patterson, six games, 141 attempts, 1,072 yards, 19 touchdowns. So that's not to say that Patterson was better than Ibrahim or vice versa, but that is to kind of like give you the kind of like a – some sort of mental image of like what kind of production we're looking oh, at. Oh yeah, that's like I mean Patterson's was like insane production. Yeah. And, and like this is against... also pretty insane, like really, really good production. Yeah. yeah, and they both played in like the worst division in their respective right. conferences, mm-hmm. right? And like the Mac East is so much harder than the Big Ten. Uh I'm so bad at my geography when it comes to the Big Ten. Are they in the East or the West? Are they They're in the, the champions West. or in the uh, the leaders? So Champions, it's just the West. I don't know what they used to be. I don't. Well, it used to be M N and Iowa. So all the M and N teams were together plus Iowa, and then the rest were in the other. It was like a weird they, way to remember. So Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern. They should have just players. settled on like red and not red. Yeah. Number four, uh, I think the defense is going to be a mess. Kind of. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. They they had a really bad year last year. Um, I don't know. Nearly everybody's coming back though, so I don't know. Things could end up well. They got a big defensive line. They got uh, Micah Do Treadway, who's 315 pounds, and D'Angelo Carter, 310 pounds. So they have plenty of size. They have a lot of people returning. So maybe they're going to be able to gel and get it together. But rough year last year. Could we we could chalk it up to pandemic season too? So. Right. I mean, and the teams that Minnesota's playing this year, uh, both of these teams that we're previewing today, they play two MAC teams each. Minnesota's got Miami in week two, Bowling Green in week four. That, all right, that's an automatic win for Minnesota there. Uh, the Minnesota one's the only one that's – or the Miami game's the only one that's really in question of is this a possible win for the MAC team over the Big Ten team on the road. Uh, I mean – the fact that you know it's a team that struggles a little bit more on defense than what we assume it would on offense. I mean, just looking at like returning production alone, if you had to guess just based off those numbers, we would probably side with the offense. If we put on the tape, we'd still probably side with the offense too. Miami's not the team that's gonna like blow you away, scoring points. This is a team that's gonna have to like shorten the field up and keep it close. So they'll definitely have to slow down Minnesota and hopefully create some turnovers too. Uh, Miami's got a good defensive back, or defensive secondary too. So that that's the thing that they're going to have to really uh, play on here. But I don't foresee Miami putting up like 30 or 40 points on the road in this contest. Not even a little bit. I don't know. It's too early in the year. Speaking of which, I also don't see... I don't think I need to go on record for this. I don't see Bowling Green doing that either i don't see that i mean do you think they're gonna hit double digit points bowling green yeah for or against no like they're gonna do you think they'll score double digits four uh we don't have to talk about who's gonna win just do you think they're gonna i know i know i know know. i'm trying to see if i see a touchdown and a field goal in this and i don't know if i see either Okay. I'm going to say yes because All right. I'm going to cuz yeah, I'll say yeah. All right. We'll I'll be on the offense. I'll remember this. I'll mark it down. It'll have to be like a like a scoop and score, but Oh yeah, it could be like they could very early get a safety and then Yeah, it'll be a scoop and score, score a, a safety and a field goal, but no offensive yes, points. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that. So 11 for All Bowling right. Greens uh two phases of the game not the one that scores points got it okay all right let's switch things up and talk about the army of uh west point i think it's the army of america the army of america yes you're right yes so jeff munkin's back i think everyone at army is super excited about that there was a very weird period where he might have gone to kansas Everyone was like, like the whole country was super excited because they're like, holy shit, we're going to have a, a triple option in the in the P5 again. Like, this is very exciting. And then it didn't happen. And then that just didn't happen at all. And now he's back in Army. So I think everyone's a little let down, except for Army, who's super excited he's coming back. Uh, 49 and 39 in his career at Army. Uh, I think that's probably one of the best Army coaches they've had in quite a while. Absolutely. They're very happy with them. Uh, 
I'm happy with him. He makes a lot of fun with the game at Army, just like all the other options. I'm excited to see what they can do this next year. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, and yeah, I. It does suck that like the one P5 school that really could have benefited yes. the absolute most out of yes. running a triple option just said, mm, we don't yeah. want to. And it was quite literally only that. Like, they just, they don't want to. Like, the people that, you know, uh, cream that, like, you know, their money rules everything around athletics, right? Uh, mm. The people in charge like that over at Kansas knew that the triple option could raise the floor and definitely raise the ceiling at like you know no extra cost oh yeah just out of being smarter than the rest of the crew uh they just yeah they just don't want to see it they just well, don't want to see it i should say though if army technically doesn't run like triple option anymore it's like all like razzle dazzle to make it look like triple option there's a Ever a read? It's really weird, and I think they've really gone away from it. It's it's really interesting at the same time. So I think it's it's still like technically triple option. It's all, all right. like flexible. Well, let's let's use that as a bridge to talk about you know what some of these other players do. Then let's let's hop into uh, your second thing. Okay, so my second thing, their quarterback looks like it's going to be Ty here, Tyler. He's a converted slot back. Um, I don't know, it's pretty normal for the academies to do. Um, Navy did it last year. They took like a five-eight slot back. It was like 160 pound. Threw him at quarterback. And did pretty good stuff. So who was the? Think, uh, was it Keenan? Uh, was it Keenan Reynolds? Was that? I was gonna say Keenan Thomas, but that's not right. No. <laughs> Malcolm Perry. I think Malcolm Perry was the one guy. But yeah, I think Keenan Reynolds is right. Thinking of the Navy guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. Of. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It should be a pretty flawless transition for him, but you never know. It's always weird when you throw a non-quarterback at quarterback, even if he's not throwing the ball downfield well. All right, I got a question for you. I hope you didn't read my notes, but you probably did. Uh, so, not really. So, who was the number one defense in college football last season? In terms of what? I'm not looking at it, I promise. Uh, in, terms of their, uh, in terms of, like, yardage and another thing that I don't remember but it was okay. what yardage is one of those <laughs> uh I'm I mean you're asking like this is it army it was army okay <laughs> good job damn, damn. Yeah. so part of that's contributed to army just holding on the ball for 50 years uh-huh. but I don't know they had a pretty solid like unit last year I mean it would be a thing every year like you would see army air force navy all being the top defense, but that's not always the case. So Army was the best defense in the country. So obviously good things. I mean, the academies are like different than the rest of college football with like players returning this year because they kind of graduate and go in the country. <laughs> There's not like a, yeah, I'll stay for my sixth year kind of thing. So even with COVID, they're losing a number of guys. But I don't know. I still think Army's defense could be pretty sound. When I was in Indiana covering high school athletics. Uh, Indiana's one of, it might be the only school or the only state left in America uh, where it's high school basketball teams don't have to abide by playing to a shot clock. And so 
one of the schools that I covered would hold the ball for many minutes on end and just drain the shit out of the clock. And sometimes if they were on the defensive end, um, one of the boys teams I'm thinking of is especially like was really, really good at playing like fundamental defense and like lock their guys up, uh, like played really strong man defense too, which I really respected. Um, and like would not let the other team get a clean shot off. And because they're not, you know, there's no real reason to like force yeah. a shot if you're not, you know, if no clock is telling you not to. Yeah. So then this team played a lot of like 32, 26 games, not because they had bad athletes. This is a school that actually was good and did take care of themselves like physically. Yeah. Uh, but they were lauded as a really great defensive team. But I saw them just shoot the ball twice in the second quarter once, you know? <laughs> Yeah, so I see where you're going with this. I still think the defense is like pretty solid, but yeah, I mean, huge advantage when your offense just has the ball most of the game. So you don't even have to worry about I mean, it just cuts down the number of drives in the game. Like that's in itself huge. Like that's just many less opportunities for the other offense to want to do anything. Even if they drive down the field, like Yeah. I'm curious to know what their time of possession was last year. It was like thirty. It wasn't like crazy. It was like thirty-four ish minutes. Okay. Oh wow. But it's still like. Above I would, yeah, I would expect. Yeah, I would expect like. I would expect it to be like forty-two. Yeah, but. <laughs> that's what I would think too. But then, and I think by the time you average it out all, out of, the rest of the games, it kind of. I mean, this might be too many questions for you, but did they like? Did you see them like? create a lot of turnovers on defense too no I, th- I really think it was just like the offense just hold the ball forever and then so they hold the ball forever and then they're just draining the clock while they hold like yeah the clock's constantly running because they're running the ball so it mm-hmm. just kills the clock they're running 13 play drives eight minutes coming off the clock and yeah. maybe in one quarter you'll get the ball once even if they drive 80 yards on the field Okay, they only got eighty yards that quarter. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Before you say this, I do want to say that Army's two teams in the that they play in the MAC. Army plays Miami Week Four, Ball State Week Five. So big, big Miami episode today. Uh, yeah. Ball State, you know, you get to play Army. Uh, what's your fourth thing, Scott? My fourth thing, uh, I made sure to note it's not really a thing. It's more of my prediction. Uh, I think Army has a really good chance to go undefeated <laughs> this season. Hell yes. Their, their schedule is incredibly weak. <laughs> their defense is solid enough. They're returning enough players. Their offense looks to be Army again. Nothing crazy. They're going to run close to 300 yards in a game. So their toughest games are Wisconsin, and I think that's it. That's the one I think that they're going to struggle the most with. Mm-hmm. You probably have other thoughts with your Mac schools, but with I think Mac there's schools. a super good chance they run the table and go twelve. I was hoping Army would have run the table. Was it was it two years ago that I felt like pretty good about them? It was when I they think played was... Oklahoma. It might have been that year or the year after. It was whenever they played Michigan week one. 
because it seemed like after that, then right. based on like what I thought about the rest of their schedule in preseason, it looked pretty easy, but they ended up losing okay. too many games. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think they can run uh, the table? I mean, I don't know about running the table. I'm just going to focus on my MAC teams, quote unquote. Uh, I think Miami's well suited and well coached enough to, you know, and they've this coaching staff at Miami, especially defensively, they're, you know, they're used to suiting up against Army, so they know what to sort of expect there. So I think they'll be well coached in that regard. I don't know if it'll be a win for the Red Hawks. I just know that they'll be well coached and prepared for it. I also expect the same out of Ball State, but I also think Ball State has better depth, better talent. Um, and especially with the defense that it runs in that 3-4 system, they bring back so many players on each side of the ball, so many you know, so many starters, so many guys that were grad transfer contributors last year into helping them win a MAC title. They're keeping all those guys plus adding, uh, I think it was like seven more transfers last time I looked. Uh across the board on, you know, both sides of the ball. So I think Ball State's going to be at least they should be the, like the most talented team that day. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They have a quarterback that was meant to play quarterback. It doesn't matter when you play arm. <laughs> and Drew Plitt, like, he's not like the best, most skilled, the strongest, the fastest, whatever the most efficient even, but I think, I don't know. I, I think he doesn't, I don't think he plays stupid either. Like, and he's a very confident guy and having so many guys around him to, you know, to throw to, I think, you know, I, I think he'll, I think he'll do a good job against, you know, the whole year, but army too. I think he'll do well in that game. Your prediction, very bold. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, yeah. My non-prediction. Yeah. <laughs> It's very bold. So, all right. Uh, looking at all-time records for both these teams, Minnesota is thirty-two, four and one all-time against the MAC. Uh, can you guess the one, two, three, four teams that it lost to? Oh, okay. Uh, Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is one of them. Yeah, it's always. I feel, I feel like that's always one of them. There's no way around. <laughs> Um, one of the either central or western. Uh, central they're two and zero against Western. They're four and zero against. Oh wow! Okay. All right, last guess, and then mm-hmm. I feel like this. Um, Ohio. Ohio. Yep, that's one of them. Uh, okay. they're nine one and one against them. Okay. Uh, the other two that they've lost to Toledo, they're three and one, and Bowling Green, they're two and one. Uh, Army's a little bit more fun because Army, you know, yeah. has some yeah. variance too. Uh, they're all time against the MAC, twenty six and nineteen. They have losing records and five hundred records against. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six MAC teams, and they're only I, perfect against one MAC team. I know it's Eastern, right? It is not Eastern. What? Eastern, they're eight and one against. So they what have the most. Eastern they have the most wins against Eastern. But what year did Eastern beat Army? Well, let me click on the link. Thank you, Winsipedia.com. Uh, 2012, 48, 38. Oh, forgot about that one. Yeah, okay. we were in school for that. 
probably why I forgot about it, you know, all that partying. I can't remember any. All that studying. <laughs> but the, all that studying, too, all yeah. All partying in Club Halley. Yeah, right. Uh, can you guess the one team that they're perfect against? I don't know. some really bad Max Bowling Green. Buffalo. Never played Bowling Green. Buffalo, they're four and three against. Um, one more chance. Am I going to be surprised? Uh, I'm defeated against them. They're one and zero oh against this team. Oh, okay. Um, Miami, Ohio. Uh, you're half right. It's Ohio. Oh, sweet yay! <laughs> Those were my two guesses. I said Miami, Ohio. They're one and one against Western. Three and three against Miami. Two and two against Kent. Three and three against Ball State. And have losing records to NIU one and two and Central zero oh and two. So the more you know, I learned something. Right. All right, and I think that will. I think that'll do it there. Yeah, we are just north of thirty minutes. That's fine. That's fine. I think that's good. Uh, we'll have a couple more four things about a couple other teams to talk about next week. Scott, do you have any parting thoughts before we hit close on this guy? Sons and four. Sons and four, baby. Well, thank you all for listening. Again, I'm Alex Alvarado. That is Scott. Producer Scott. Sorry. I need to say your name right. That's producer title, Scott yeah. over there. Let's see who they got to replace Scott. Scott Sterling is back! He's still in the game! Oh, my! Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time.